Hi, uh, my name is Ruth Park, and today we are joined by um, Elena Koda, the translator and editor of our newest publication, My Karst and My City. Uh, welcome, Professor Koda. Thank um, you. Can you briefly introduce yourself? Uh, sure. Um, so I am a professor of Italian literature at Purdue University, and uh, while I teach a variety of courses, the span from the Renaissance to Italian comedy. My main area of research is on 20th century Italian and European literature with an emphasis on the literature produced in the city of Trieste uh, during the long 20th century. So that's what I do. And could you also say a few words to introduce Scipio um, Slatiper, um, who is the author of this volume? to an English-speaking audience that might not be familiar with his work? Sure. Okay, so Scipio uh, Slatepa uh, was a Triestine writer who was active in Italy at the beginning of the 20th century. He was very young. He died, uh, he wasn't even 25 years old when he died in World War I. So he didn't produce a lot uh, of work because of his uh, death, you know, but he, uh, what he but he really focused a lot on what it meant to live in Trieste at that point. Uh, so Trieste is located in northern Italy on the Adriatic coast at the border of with Yugos, with, um, with Slovenia. And really, Zatapa is a product of this city at the beginning of the 20th century, before World War One, when Trieste was still part of the Austro-Hungarian uh, Empire. So uh, Zatapa was really young, as I already said, and he was interested in uh, European culture and literature and published many interesting essays and articles on border politics, cultural identity, and national identity, issues that are, they are so important uh, today. In 1910, he also wrote and published an incredibly interesting modernist te text, a lyrical autobiography, as he called it, entitled in our English translation, My Cast and My City. And the, orig uh, the original Italian is entitled Il Mio Carso, My Cast. But uh, the original Italian uh, title of the book was also My Cast and My City. And we decided to go back to the original uh, work as he envisioned it. And so that's how we... Uh, decided to call the translation My Cast and My City. Uh, the, the book was published in Florence by La Voce. La Voce was a very influential journal that also had its own publishing house. And that's where um, in 1910, My Cast and My City came out. And it expressed the anxieties and concerns of the protagonists who can definitely be identified with Latapa himself as he navigates and explores his own existential crisis coming from a border city and not knowing exactly who is he, you know, who am I, uh, and his relationship with the modern urban environment of Trieste. It is a fragmented text that erases chronological continuity. It doesn't want to capture the totality of a particular individual, but just give you glimpses of himself and his reality and the reality that he's exploring. Um, the text presents his childhood memories, his wandering on the coast, which is a mountainous plateau that surrounds the city, and then mm -hmm. eventually the city itself as the only place where he realizes he can live a meaningful life among other human beings. 
And so that's what this main book is about. Uh, and it's really at the end, the importance of becoming an active member of society and not taking responsibility for its well-being and embracing the Vita Activa, as Anna Arendt would say. So you talked a little bit about, um, you know, uh, Trieste and um, it being like a border, um, being like near the border. Um, can you talk a little bit about how Slapper um, in this publication discusses Trieste's cultural complexity and um, just a little bit about the multi-ethnic environment um, that was Trieste during Slapper's time? Sure. Uh, so Trieste at that time was not part of Italy. It was part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire and it was the most important port of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Uh, it was also because of it, its location and because it was a major port, it was also became also an established site of major financial and insurance companies, which attracted large investment, large money from all over Europe. And with the money, of course, came a lot of people. There were Italians, Slovenes, a large and um, very thriving Jewish community, Greek immigrants, Austrians, Germans who lived there. Uh, probably James Joyce live, uh, was the, its most famous uh, guest. He right? lived in Trieste for a very long time. He wrote some of his um, major works while living and teaching English in Trieste. And so in the 19th century, uh, there was a very strong cosmopolitan sense in the city that you can feel when you read um, 19th century journals, articles, um, um, you know, uh, people were travelers, uh, diaries about the city. Um, and uh, really, there was a lot of excitement in the 19th century about this international wealthy city. But starting uh, from the second half of the 19th century, na um, nationalist ideology superseded the cosmopolitan identity of the city. And we start to see strong tensions between the two largest groups uh, that become, uh, that, that, that inhabit the city, and that are the Italians and the Slovenians. And uh, we see them because the Slovenians are, be, are acquiring more and more of a sense of their own national identity. And so they want to be recognized also as a nation. And, um, and this, of course, clashes with the Italian national, uh, you know, national identity that is forming in, you know, in the late 19th century. But while ethnic and national tensions informed Western politics, its culture was deeply, deeply influenced by its border status. And successful uh, Triestines, no matter where they came from, and one can think of Svebo, for instance, you know, they were bilingual or trilingual. They spoke German, they spoke uh, Slovenian, they spoke Italian, and also the Triestine dialect that was pretty much the lingua franca that everybody um, that everybody spoke in the city. Uh, and knowing German was an important asset uh, for uh, the bourgeoisie, you know, for all of the bourgeoisie, because uh, um, 
It allowed people to have access to the Austro-Hungarian Empire and to uh, open and opened up possible careers in other parts of uh, of Europe. Uh, so even the Italian nationalists, uh, the Italian nationalists would send their children to the German schools because they realized that knowing German would be would open doors for uh, for their uh, their children's. Um, Aside from the practical needs, German and Austrian culture were also easily accessible to Triestine intellectuals who could read them in the, the original, of course. And um, so, you know, you can imagine the philosophical works at the time, Schopenhauer, Nietzsche, uh, Freud, later Freud, also the cultural analysis of people like Nordau, Simmel and Weininger, uh, you know, together with the writers, you know, that go, you know, from the canon, from Goethe to Kafka, found in Trieste a very, very receptive audience and greatly influenced all of the Triestine intellectuals who were active in the city at that time. Um, also, um, you know, they were also able, because in Germany, a lot of Northern texts were already translated, like Scandinavian texts were already translated into German. So the Italian Triestine could read them in uh, German translation. And uh, this is something that was not available to somebody who only spoke Italian. So they, it, you know, so an Italian from Florence probably did not have access to all this uh, wide culture that the Triestines had access to. Can you um, talk a little bit more about how, um, I guess, the Germanic and Slavic like literature that was, you know, like almost like omnipresent in Trieste at the time, um, how that would have influenced um, Slatoper and uh, his uh, publication of My Karst in My City? Sure. Uh, of course, it influenced him greatly, especially the German translation. He didn't speak Slovenian. And uh, and so you, you see already this disparity, right, of what is considered uh, an important language and what is not, right? But that is not um, the whole story, though. So he was a... Uh, um, uh, very much interested. Was very interested in uh, in North in European uh, culture, in European literature, and uh, one of the things I mean, you can see how much this this culture influenced him is because he wrote the first Italian, the first book in Italian dedicated to Ibsen, the Norwegian playwright, and uh, uh, and so he made really Ibsen available to a wide public. Uh, he also wrote essays and translation on um, on Hebel, uh, on Hebel, and translated Hebel's work, his plays, and his um, uh, and his diaries from the German. He was interested in Otto Weininger. He was very much aware of contemporary German literary and cultural debates, and all of this is really filtered in um, in his work. Uh, you can see um, in his, especially his cultural essays. His cultural essays are all about those figures, so it really is open to um, to Europe. Uh, he writes about Goethe. He writes about Hebel. He writes about Ibsen. He writes about Otto Weininger. He um, is uh, he, and also um, it goes beyond that. He, uh, one of the 
most interesting thing, the probably he had planned to do, but then unfortunately couldn't complete, was um, uh, the creation of a new journal entitled Europe, entitled Europa. And he planned this together with two of his uh, closest friends. His names are Gianni and Carlo Stuparic, also writers on their own. And so what, he, what they, the three of them, really wanted to do under the leadership of Zlatoper was to explore uh, Europe's uh, diverse cultural traditions. And the idea was that this periodical would embrace a wide array of topics from contemporary philosophy to literatures, to questions of European national identity and democracy, to social cultural issues such as ethnic identity, feminism and religion. And, uh, and so the scope of this journal was truly European and it could have not be born outside of Trieste. And where everybody involved, right? So Gianni and Carlo Stuparic and Scipio uh, Slataper, uh, focusing on uh, particular geopolitical areas. Slataper, uh, in his vision, would explore the situation in Central Europe and in Northern Europe. Carlo Stuparic would focus on Western Europe. And Gianni Stuparic, instead, who had studied in Prague, uh, would focus much more in uh, Eastern Europe. He also imagined a lot of other collaborators who would add translations uh, and uh, cultural profiles, reviews for the languages that the three of them didn't cover. Um, women also he included a lot of women, such as Elodie Oblat Stuparic, she became then Carlos Stuparic, Stuparic's wife, and other women would help with translating texts for this uh, incredible project. But unfortunately, uh, because of the impending war, the journal was never launched. And then there was the war and both Johnny, uh, both Carlos Stuparic and Scipius Lataper died in it. Um, and I really do think that this project signals a yearning for a European uh, union, for a European project that could provide a viable alternative to the cultural supremacy of the nation that we see then, you know, take over with the war. Yeah. Um, how would you say um, this publication, um, your translation of My Karst in My City, um, contributes to, I guess, bettering our understanding of European modern movement? Well, I think it really it gives us a wider breadth to uh, what modernism is. Uh, if you look at any current modernist anthology uh, written in English or I published here in the States or in England, you will always find the usual suspects that go from Kafka to Joyce, Italian and the, or, you know, all French, French authors are always very much included. But that's it. You have, you have some German, lots of English and lots of, lots of French. Italian texts are always almost completely absent. Pirandello might appear occasionally. Zvevo, for instance, who is the other great Triestine author of that generation, rarely appears in those uh, in, in those texts. And so by making Slatapur's text available in English for the first time, I wanted to show another facet of modernism, one that is very much embedded in uh, the multicultural milieu of Trieste of that time. Um, and uh, again, against the status quo 
um, it is you know of cultural and national identity that so Trieste as a city as an as an Italian city you know Satterpe recognized in his text the impossibility of creating a traditional homogeneous Italian culture in a city that is full of contradictions and full of clashes and so the text really reflects those clashes he's asking you know the beginning of the text is amazing he says. I would like to tell you who I am. I would like to be perceived as somebody who has a whole totalizing identity, but I am not. I would be lying if I said that. And so I think that it is precisely in um, in his attempts, in Satapa's attempts, to come to terms with himself, with his own identity, and identity of this of his city. Um, as a modern metropolis, uh, as a modern cosmopolitan metropolis, the Slatapa really reveals a modern sensibility and emerges as a unique modernist voice that adds to um, the other voices that are already so established in modernist studies. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned um, these, I guess, clashes and tensions that um Slotifer, um wrote about um I'm wondering um you know when you were translating this text to English um what were some of the challenges of doing so um considering you know there's just so much going on Yes, the language is definitely complicated, uh, but uh the first thing that I like to mention is that the translation is a it was a collaborative work. Uh, you know, I did the translation uh, together with uh, Nick Benson, who is a very gifted translator. And uh, we worked together, uh, thanks to Skype, which today nobody uses anymore, and Google Docs. So we could communicate and translate together, you know, the whole text. And so what are the cha challenges that we found translating this? Well, the first one was rendering into English the long winding sentences typical of 20th century Italian prose. I mean, a sentence in Italy could be as long as a paragraph, you know, and uh, and so we needed, to, we needed to deal with that. And so uh, Nick and I uh, were decided that uh, needed, we needed to handle it, but at the same time, we had to remain true to the original. And we opted for two different approaches, depending on what we were translating. So when we were translating his essays uh, and his uh, critical, his, his political essays, his, uh, his cultural essays, we decided to break down Slatapur's uh, often convoluted style in order to convey his point clearly, still trying to, to preserve his thinking process. So we didn't delete, we didn't omit parts of his, uh, of his work. We were just trying to, to, to break it down so that it resembled, so that we can closer to, you know, to an English uh, pose. Uh, in my cast and my city though, uh, Slatapur deploys a wide uh, range of uh, linguistic registers and styles that go from the disconnected futurist-like futurist fragments to the sensual evocative prose or typical of the nuncio. And so uh, here we instead decided that the prose and the style was so much part of the text that um, 
uh, and so much part of the texture of really of the novel that we really wanted to be as true to the original as possible, altering the syntax only when it was absolutely necessary. And that was probably the, the, the biggest challenge for us. Another thing that we encounter in my castings in the city is the use of dialect. And so we had to think about how do you translate a sentence that is in dialect? So it's not in Italian. And uh, for you know, from an English speaker, and so we decided that we were translating uh, also the dialect parts, and just in the footnote put the dialect, and you know, say like, okay, this was in dialect of notes that indicated that that those were not originally written in a dialect. Uh, but it is was uh, it was a challenge, but also um, a fun challenge, a puzzle, you know, to. Uh, to take care of. That was so interesting to hear. Um, thank you for discussing with us this remarkable publication. Um, are there any uh, closing remarks that you would like to say? Triestine literature is very interesting, especially in this time of crisis. Is this time where the, you see the you know war breaking out in Europe uh, again? Looking at these uh, places, looking at those writers, and I'm not just thinking of Zlatopel here, but all of those writers who were active at Trieste in the 20th century, to uh, you know, going from really from Zlatopel to Claudio Magris, if you will. It's really to trying to find alternative views to the nationalist project, you know. So you know, so it's a you 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 understand that there is a big faith on, for instance, on, on Europe, you know, on what Europe can, a united Europe can 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 bring, and that to me, even today, is still something that is so essential to understand and to study, and that's why I think those texts are still have still something to tell us today. I agree. Um, thank you again. Um, my Karst and My City is out now through Agincourt Press. Um, you can find it on Amazon as an ebook and on small press distribution as a paperback. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you.